welcome back to Show Talk, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for coming back. For those of you who have come back, I appreciate you so, so much. And have you guys noticed anything different? I changed up the intro music, which means we will be going on to a brand new show, The Magicians, and I'm so excited to go over every season with you guys, season one, two, three, and four, which will be released on January 23rd for some of us, and 22nd or 24th for others, but I am so excited. And yes, I will start off by saying I have watched The Magicians before, season one, two, and three, and I am a fan, I'm such a fan, but I will be presenting this podcast as if I haven't watched the episodes before, just to be a little bit less of a spoiler for those who haven't watched season one, two, or three before, or for those who just want to get a new feel for every episode. But why don't we just go down memory lane and pretend that we haven't watched it and see what we find new and see what we're getting ourselves into for season four. Um, You might notice that the format for my podcast for this show specifically might be a little different. I think I might uh, shorten the recaps a little bit more for the episodes as we continue forward and uh, you'll hear a little bit more of my reactions and what I thought of every episode instead of like a longer recap. But who knows how long that'll go for. Uh, but tell me if you like the change of format, uh, you can email me at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM or tweet me on Twitter with the hashtag showtalk and I will try to get back to you on there as well. Hopefully you're already following me and if not, you can find me at quirky underscore tanini and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, but let me know, honestly, how what you think of the format. If you like it better, maybe I'll do it a little bit more for other episodes or other shows. Uh, I just want to dabble around a little bit, see what I like, and see what you guys like. But anyway, let's go on to episode one, season one of The Magicians, also known as Unauthorized Magic. Now, can we talk about how thrilling this first episode was? I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. There was so much was going on. Not only did we get to know the characters, but there was drama, there was death. I mean, I was already at the edge of my seat the moment Dean Fogg walked out of that magic door. Yes, a magic door in the first five seconds of the episode. We have Dean Fogg who walks out into the streets of, I believe, Brooklyn, New York, some somewhere around there. And my first thoughts were, wow, we really leaving doors to dimensions unknown open around the city. I mean, that's not, what? That's not dangerous at all. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe people will just think that they're on LSD or, you know, just uh, drunken fiascos if they ever just stumble upon it. But we meet Dean Fogg and it seems that he's meeting up with an informant or someone we haven't been introduced to yet. We don't know her name necessarily, but she comes in to warn Dean Fogg that someone is coming. We don't know who is coming, but she gives Dean Fogg 
a moth and on this moth she took with this moth excuse me she tells him that he needs to prepare students prepare students for what is coming apparently they've been through this before and this is just another round of what they have to do to defeat this beast and that they're the only people that can do it and Dean Fogg has to train them. We don't know who this beast is. We don't know who this group of people are that have to be trained. All we know is that something's coming and it's coming fast and she is warning us of this. And then as we continue on, we get to meet our first main character, Quentin Coldwater. Now, let's just note that we don't get to know Quentin's name until the first 10 minutes of the episode. The first 10 minutes. I was sitting there like, who is this? This is our main character, and I don't know who he is, but I actually liked it that way because honestly, I felt more like him, like I understood him and that we were kind of the same. I don't know. I he I was feeling all the things when it came to Quentin Coldwater and I honestly think it's because of the way they describe him or the way you see him in the first few minutes of the episode actually throughout the entire episode you see him first in a mental hospital apparently he's been going through a lot when it comes to depression uh possibly anxiety it looks like he's even taking depression pills and honestly with everything that's going on in the world. And if you look all around you, there are a lot of people today who are admitting that they have mental illnesses. And that's really something that I like to see in shows and just in life in general and advertisements that mental illness is a thing. So that's what we see as our first main character. And I love it because it's real and I, I felt like I was him. I was a dude who was a little antisocial, who wishes he could be social, who might have a little bit of depression on the side and, you know, still struggles, but we're continuing on with life, you know? And it seems like he gets a lot of his comforts from his books. Uh, Fillory and Further, it looks like, is one of his main favorites, which he decides to give away as a release into adulthood, because he thinks that that is the reason why it's caused all of his problems, which, you know, same. Sometimes TVs and books, you know, they're our escape, and that is so real. Like, I understood that. Maybe the things that are our escape are actually our hindrance in entering the real world. But honestly, who needs reality when you have a admission ticket to Break Bill's university? Remember when we were talking about Dean Fogg, who just walked out of a magical door that led him to the streets of New York? Yeah, that's cool. And wherever that universe or dimension is located. He has an admissions ticket, but you don't get in so easily as you think. There is no acceptance letter. You get in with a dead body and a possible book six of Fillory and Further, because that is what Quentin Coldwater gets. He goes in to go for an interview for Yale and finds his advisor dead as a doorknob. And it is the EMT, which we also recognize as the earlier informant, who hands him the letter that contains the parchments for 
book six of Fillory and Further. And of course, Quentin is enamored because it's book six. And who cares that there was a dead body that he just saw? He has a possibly hidden, undiscovered book in his hands because, you know, logical. But he goes on throughout his day, even defying his friend Julia, who begs him to grow up and let go of the pages of Fillory because they're just children books, they're children stories. And she sees the mental effects that he is going through with everything that's going on. And this death that they just saw is not helping in the slightest. But Q refuses to listen and goes on reading about this book as if it was the holy grail. And as he misplaces one of the pages and it goes flying off into the street, he chases after it. And it leads him to what we learned to be Breakbills University, the place where magicians or upcoming magicians must prove themselves to see if they're worthy enough of staying within the school. So he goes on to take an exam where the pages are changing with every second and there are people there who he doesn't know except for one person and that is Julia, his best friend. Yep, that's what I said. Julia is also there. I mean, talk about friendship goals. Imagine getting sent off into a other world to a school you never knew existed about magicians and you find your friend in the front row taking the same exam as you, also confused. But unfortunately, things don't end up as nicely because although Q passes the exam, Julia does not. And honestly, I was kind of, you know, happy about that because just before they both got sent to break bills, Julia was telling Q he had to grow up. He had to let go of magic. He had to let go of fillery. So I would actually have been super pissed if she got into the school and he didn't or if they both got into the school because technically I don't feel like Julia deserves it okay but that's a whole that's a whole different thing and we're gonna go into that a little bit more because Julia in order not to forget about the school as they send her off with a memory wipe cuts deep into her skin just so she can remember and I swear I almost gagged but also same because if I got sent to a magical school they told me that they were gonna mind wipe me so I could never remember drastic measures you know drastic measures I may not think she belongs in break bills but if I were in her place I would also do the exact same thing so Julia goes down a downward spiral when she finds out that she had a possibility of going to break bills and she wasn't allowed and Q is now going on and moving on with his life he finds out that he has magical abilities and to him everything's all right in the world now this is where things take a little bit of a separate two paths because on one hand we have Q who we think is our main character but also Julia is our main character at least for this episode this is what we know so we have Q, who is off in break bills, living his magical dream, and we have Julia, who has 
been sent away from Big Bills, although she does know about it. So now she's back in the human muggle world that she doesn't feel she belongs in. So we get to see both sides of the story. Hugh, who's living out his life, as well as Julia, who's figuring out what to do with her life now. So just keep that in mind as we're going back and forth between the two, just so you don't get lost. We're going to be explaining a little bit of Quentin's side, as well as explaining what's going on in Julia's side, because both sides of the coin is important, not only in this episode, but going further. Speaking of going further, Fillory and further, is it real or not? Because Hugh, although he's in break bills in a magical school, is also seeing things from Fillory, or at least is coming into contact with Jane Chatwin. And at first we think Jane Chatwin is just a figure of his imagination, because she's a character in the book of Fillory and Further, one of his focuses and comforts for the entirety of his life and for some reason she keeps telling him to get off the straight path she warns him that something is coming she tells him to prepare himself and he just thinks it's a continued figure of his imagination now if it was me i would be listening to what she was saying because not only does she mention break bills but if break bills can be real Fillory and Further can be real as well. And you start thinking that maybe it is real and maybe these warnings do relate to what we heard earlier on in the episode about something coming, a beast coming. Maybe they all relate together because when Q goes on to talk with Jane Chatwin, she imprints his hand on a symbol that burns into his hand, which he later sees when he wakes up and is in the quote unquote real world. Now, to figure out what this symbol actually means, we enlist in the help of Alice Quinn. So Alice is kind of the smarts of Breakbills University. She's one of the top of her class. She apparently comes from a family who's been to Breakbills before. So people are pretty jealous of her, not only because she's smart and she's good at what she can do, but also because she's known that Breakbills has existed where other people have been blind to the mundane world for a majority of their lives so they're a little jealous and Alice doesn't actually make it easy for you to be her friend because she puts her walls up but when she thinks that Quentin can help her bring back her brother or talk to her brother with that symbol that's on his hand it's like a switch is flipped and she is ready to be his friend now Hearing that a symbol that you get burned into your hand by a mystical character that you met while you were dreaming also leads to a door to the underworld where a girl that you don't know can talk to her dead brother happens. I don't think the first thing that you should do is say that you'll help. Now, Quentin's concern is that he's going to get kicked out of school if he helps Alice with the spell. My concern is that a demon is going to come out of this mirror that they're using. Now, you know how in the movies there's always that one chick when she sees a serial killer, she goes running up the stairs instead of out of the house? You know, those are the vibes I'm getting right now from Quentin and Alice. I mean, you think 
that the warning signs have hit, but instead they say, you know, let's keep going, you know, nut up, like it's, it's fine. It's not fine. And you think that this spell might not happen because, you know, they don't have all the ingredients. They don't have all the people. But, you know, everything just comes full circle when Penny, Quentin's roommate, and his girlfriend just decide to come help because Penny apparently is hearing things that say, let's go help. Yeah, if I'm starting to hear things in my head from somebody that I've never heard before in my life, I wouldn't go help, Penny. But they do the spell at the stroke of midnight and nothing happens. Honestly, nothing happens. Alice looks heartbroken at the fact that she cannot talk to her brother. Penny and his girlfriend, Katie, just go off and walk away. You know, they say, call me when anything interesting happens and nothing interesting happens. Or so we think because as the kids are walking away the most creepiest smile comes on to the fogged up mirror that i have ever seen and i felt the chills but also the i told you so just building up in my throat you know what i'm saying now before we go into the entire mess that these kids just created for themselves we're gonna back it up a bit and like i said earlier we're gonna switch it over into julia's side of the story and what's been going on with her ever since she got kicked out of break bills julia has gone on a downward spiral i mean the girl looks rough she still has the scar on her arm from when she tried to remember and it looks like she's just been binging on google and web search trying to find break bills on her own to see if she can get readmitted she's trying to look for tests to see if she can retake it but no one is letting her in the information is sealed you can't just google search magic school academy and see that it comes up on the top 10 searches it's at least 30 pages in her boyfriend is worried and he's calling quinn looking for his help and trying to get Julia to become back to normal, to, to go back to before she realized break bills existed. But Julia, she's not going down without a fight because she confronts Q about him going to break bills. And instead of helping her get back in, he says no. But she lets him know she's been practicing magic ever since she found out. And she actually has some powers on her. She's able to create these sparks between her fingers that show that she has some kind of potential. But Q still refuses because, again, he's not trying to get kicked out. Sneaking Julia in might be his one way out. And you got to remember for Q, although Julia's his friend, Break Bills is like a release from the mental cage he's been in his entire life. He can't just let that go, not even for her. And although you think, okay, well, that's the end. Julia can't get in. She doesn't have Q's help and she doesn't know how to get in by herself. She meets this guy on her birthday who apparently has powers of his own. But it comes a little suspiciously because not only does it look like he tries to assault her, but he also invites her to a group that deals with magic in the real world or at least that's what he says and it looks like julia is willing to follow him just to get a piece of her own magic now i don't know if this is safe because when you thought that break bills was sketchy for going into a random door that walked into another dimension this is like walking into a factory building on the sketchiest side of town but I guess you gotta do what you gotta do for what you want. 
So who knows what may happen to Julia from here? She might meet this organization. They might help her develop her own magic away from break bills. But where break bills seems like light, this area, this factory, this place that she's entering seems very dark. So I'm getting negative vibes. And so far in this episode, when I've gotten negative vibes, they've been correct. So I'm kind of worried about her and the path that she may go on because to me, this this magic that she's craving so much, it seems like a drug and she's just lost her her dose for the past couple of weeks and she's in withdrawal and she's looking for anything to get that kickback. And that's what I think following this dude's about to do. She's about to go on another downward slope. So Julia, you're in our prayers for episode two and on. And we'll see what happens to her from here on out. But that's where we stop with Julia for this episode. And we're going to go back to Quentin and what he just did uh, in this episode as well. Because where we last saw that creepy smiley face on the mirror when he did that seance with Alice, that's about to bite him in the butt real fast. Because while they're in class, the clock strikes 12 p.m. Not a.m. like they were doing the seance earlier, but p.m. And that mirror that was in the classroom starts filling up with moths that just go into the class and everything freezes. Literally freezes. No one can move except for this one man covered in moths walking around doing a little dance, an ominous, ominous dance. And he goes on to kill the teacher in front of all of us. Now, what? I'm already freaking out and poor Dean Fogg is running up those stairs trying to save these children and all I can scream throughout this episode is run Dean Fogg, run! Because everyone is about to die and I'm so worried and although Dean Fogg tries with his own powers and his own magic, it's not enough because he gets overpowered by the beast. Yup, that's right. I'm labeling him the beast because where we were warned in the beginning of months, here is this man coming through a mirror, killing people covered in moths. I mean, what more do you need to understand that he is the villain that we've been warned about since one minute in and it looks like we caused it ourselves. Now I'm saying we as if I'm part of the group as well because I might as well be. I've been watching this and I am invested in what these kids have just done and it looks like we might not even have these main characters for long because as Dean Fogg is being overpowered his own eyeballs get taken out of his sockets and laid on the desk also precariously and he makes a little smiley face just like in the mirror like what is going on i honestly i had to take a moment i needed to to just sit back and just see what i just saw because okay i understood that there was a warning before i clicked onto this show that it was above a pg-13 and you know i should proceed with caution but my gosh this is the first episode that was a lot are you guys okay because i don't know if i was okay for first episode i feel like i was in the last few minutes th these are literally the last five minutes so much has gone on 
And that's where it ends. That is where it ends, guys. We are ending on a, a cliffhanger because not only is this Mothman, this beast, just wandering around this classroom of breakbills, basically killing people, he also knows our main character, Quentin Coldwater. So what does that mean? What are we what are we getting ourselves into for episode two, you guys? What what are we doing? What are we doing? Man, I just, that was a lot. I can't wait to go over and watch episode two and just react to it and release it to all of you because I was, I'm wondering, are you guys feeling the same way that I am right now? What do you think of our main characters so far? I really love Quentin because he's me in male character fiction form and I, I love him and he's cute also. So, Jason, main actor, I see you, okay? Um, I really don't like Julia. I'm sorry. It's the first episode and I really don't like her. I'm sorry. It's just, okay, it's because she didn't even like magic. She wanted Q to put magic away and to move forward. And now to go off the deep end just to get magic and, like, not move on. I get it. If it was me in her place, I would probably be doing the same thing. I'd probably just be just as crazy. But my God, Julia, calm down, woman. But honestly, like I said, prayers for you, Julia. Episode two, we will be looking out for you. No female left behind, even if they are kind of crazy. Um, we did get to meet a lot of cool characters. We got to meet Penny. Uh, which is Quentin's roommate that helped with the spell. Penny's girlfriend, Katie, who also helped with the spell. They both have a kind of bad boy, bad girl uh, look about them. I do like them so far, you know. They are pretty pretty cool characters to look at. Uh, can't wait to see if they get developed more. I mean, they have to be some kind of main character because there's the reasons that the beast gets summoned in the first place, you know? Um, we get to see Alice. I don't know how I feel about Alice right now. She she seems kind of stuck up, but I guess that's the way her character is presented. And that's the way Quentin's friends present her as well. So I wonder if her character gets developed as well, or, you know, if she dies by episode two, because at this point, who knows what is happening. And I get wonder if we get to see like what happened to her brother because she says her brother dies and no one knows why. So maybe the beast was also part of that. Um, so there are some questions, but overall, I was really just captured by this episode from minute two to on. And it was just so great. And I can't wait to see how we go on from here. I mean, this was a lot for our first episode. So that just leaves me waiting to see what happens um, in episode two and episode three and so on. Uh, if you like this episode, if you liked this format of how I did this podcast, don't forget to put a hashtag show talk on Twitter so we can talk about it together. Feel free to email me at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com if you guys have any questions, shout outs that you want that could be entered into next episodes coming up, or if you just want to talk in general. Share this online, share this with your friends, share this with your family, but as always, keep talking.